And welcome to episode 214 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my frigid co-hosts, Peter and Jake. And frigid is right, Kurt, because this week I'm coming at you with a full glass of the Libby 4307 53-ounce Super Schooner edition of the cast. Yes, that's right, kids. Oh. The madman finally did it. I am currently holding... This is a full bottle of water in my glass. Oh, I didn't realize you had that in your hand. That's like a fishbowl mm. on a stem. That's mm. cool as hell. That's smart. You can get drunk uh, off of one glass of, like, wine. <laughs> have you ever wanted to carry you your own... the whole bottle, of it? Yeah. You ever want to carry I'm your own personal supply glass. of jungle juice? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was that is yeah. I was that's the ultimate wine mom. Yes. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I'm only having one glass and they just <laughs> dump the whole bottle in there. You, you know, I was debating on like cuz some people like they put in their room like a mini fridge, like a like a like a tiny fridge, like really really yes. tiny. Um but I was just thinking I'm just going to get a tote bin and just leave it in my room at all times with jungle juice. And just pour Everclear and stuff like that, and just get a really long straw. It's for like weeks. I have a drink. <laughs> no, you fill it. You top it off every time, like an eternal stew. Like you never know what the flavor is in it at any given time. But goddamn, it's gonna get you crank crunked it. Crunked it. It's like it starts mm. off as like really like sweet and not strong, and then get to the end, it's all ever clear because it's settled. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you ever had like a fruit cocktail? And like, so I ordered one from my family diner down the street because they did alcohol deliveries. It's a great place. Uh, they do beer moses well, on everyone, Sundays. Everyone's doing that now with the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I ordered like a like a mimosa or something, and I just never got. It. I put it in the fridge. I'm like, I'll save it for later. I'm not feeling alcohol right now. I come back a day later, and it's gotten chunky. Like the the like the fruit juice got chunky in the alcohol. I was like, this looks like a like a some sort of pickled pickled organ experiment. Y- you've puzzled me. So you bought an alcoholic beverage to be delivered. Yes. When you weren't feeling alcohol. I was when I ordered it, and then I ate my entire dinner. I was like, oh, fuck. Shit, I don't want this. Well, I'll do you one better. I have experience drinking jungle juice the day after it's been made. Not good. It turns. It gets, it gets it more turns. punchy. It Oh god, it's, I remember. It, like you know how if you keep cider in the fridge for too long, it'll turn and it'll be hard cider. <laughs> yep. Like that happens to jungle juice at a much more rapid evolution. It's like the movie Evolution. It becomes gasoline eventually. <laughs> if you leave it in there long enough, it will become pure ethyl alcohol and you will be able to power your machinery with it. <laughs> it reminds me of when my roommate tried to drink Dragon Fruit V8 and and just straight vodka through a fucking IV drip bag. Dragon fruit V8. Now that's smart. Mix like V8 with any sort of alcohol, get you hydrated, get you healthy, as well as drunk. It's like mixing vodka with like Pedialyte. 
V9 now includes <laughs> potatoes. It's the hangover cure and the thing that'll give me the hangover, so I can drink as much as I want and I'll be fine. And that's kid. That kids is how Four Loco was invented. Because they didn't know how getting crossfaded works. I would. I would that's call that speedballing. No, that's speedballing. Okay. Right there, crossfading is like mixing two depressants together, so like weed and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or if you're really cool, weed and lean. But when you have the upper and the downer, <laughs> that's that's a lot worse. Yeah, I want to. Your heart doesn't know what to fucking do. <laughs> that's why I drink vodka Red Bulls. What? It's confusing my whole system. It's like we want to go on a jog, but also fall asleep for sixteen hours. <laughs> The old Jaeger bomb, or as, or in the current tradition, uh, you drink like a quarter of the can of Red Bull, and then just, <laughs> just dump as much Jaeger will fit. In it's it. smart. I gotta say, it's smart because sometimes Jaeger bombs are very messy and dangerous. If you drop it into glass, it might shatter or chip your tooth with the shot glass falling back. I got injured so, on the shrapnel from a Jaeger bomb. You never know, man. It can happen. Oh fuck! Um, this week I I don't even know where the heck heck we're coming from. Somewhere around the I world. I was gonna say like the ISS or something because of space, and then I was thinking, okay, well actually we just had some really cool developments in DC where they kicked out all the troops in the hotels, inciting the third fucking amendment, and we're like, oh hey. snap, who had third amendment on their bingo card? <laughs> the quartering act. <laughs> the quartering act. What? <laughs> As it happens, it's like somebody's something. been quartering troops. <laughs> it just made me really happy. Them Fourth Amendment rights. Well, it was funny because so so I have a friend who um, I work with who's uh, National Reserve, uh, and he got activated. So. Kind of interesting to see his point of view. And I was just joking around with my roommate. I was like, when he comes back, we should be like, we're not letting you into our house because we're not, we're exercising our Third Amendment, right? Is that the third or the fourth? I think it's the third. Fourth is search and seizure. Yeah. Um, I, I guess this is the point to say it. I uh, Let's just make it clear, make it unambiguous. Uh, we stand for uh, we stand against poli- police brutality. We yeah. stand for human as rights. Most, we stand for black lives. Uh, as most rational human beings uh, I, do. Yeah. I don't think there. I don't think you'll find too many people who are really pro police brutality. Yeah, that that's a thing. Is that like there's and the people who are for some reason are like they cite really weird reasons or they have a friend who's a police officer. Like I have friends. I think that's it. They're pro police, yeah, not necessarily yeah. pro police brutality. Well, the people who are really, ag- I think you have to draw that line. <laughs> yeah, the people who are really against these issues are like people who twist the BLM movement into something that it's not. Like taking the knee, the, the taking the knee is like a symbol oh, for George yeah. Floyd. People are like that's. I had a I had a coworker. Sorry, Bill, uh, but. <laughs> I had a coworker who was like, "Sorry, Bill." He was like, "Taking a knee is admitting that you're racist and confessing that you've you're you're racist and you're 
<laughs> you're against them, and I'm like, let me warm my hands on the fire of that take. No! That's uh I was I was I hope I hope he's stretched before he reached like that. I was That's how you pull a hammy. Dumbfounded. I was like, Bill, dude. No no no. Brother, let me let me explain to you that that's not it at all. And then he was like, not having it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, much like the Hong Kong protests, mm-hmm. we were definitely on the side of Hong Kong. Uh we're on the side of the protesters. Yeah. Here and, and she was uh, on the side you know, of the video game. <laughs> on the side yeah, of the- she was on the side of the video game. Y'all gonna act like, like this year glitch? ain't a glitch? <laughs> That's what we really need—the glitch. I want to hear what Kanye has to say. <laughs> uh, Kanye actually did some really this is, cool stuff. This is gonna like uh, this is a test of Kanye's faith because he came out and he he supported his brother Donald, and now he's got. <laughs> Is he's caught in the crossfire? I I believe Kanye um, set up a fund uh, or donated a lump sum of money for the daughter to have free college tuition. Yes, I do. I did yeah. hear that. Um, that was pretty rad. The yeah. uh, you just reminded me the so there there were some protests in Troy, uh, the Wednesday, and there's going to be some Sunday. And people have been boarding up their businesses, and mostly the results of Wednesdays was people just, like, painting on it. And I shared that picture with you guys of the fucking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whitest MLK I've ever seen. (laughs) Thick, thick neck beard. I know it was supposed to be, like, the shadow, but it was, like, at least four tones darker than the skin. (laughs) Um but so so yeah, the there the the police department did like have to fucking respond in that shit, and there was a press conference beforehand where they were showing off their riot gear, and they're like, we we'd like to thank like the people who funded us, and they named some fund, and then they listed they talked about the the news article talked about the donors in that fund, and one of the, so one of the people funding that was Dunkin' Donuts, so <laughs> police pro riot gear brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, that makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, what percentage of Dunkin' Donuts quarterly sales figures do you estimate comes from the police department? I mean, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that's pretty I awesome. Just, there's there's a Dunkin' Donuts right on the main cross section of our of Troy, so I imagine that they're gonna get like a personal fucking valet service. You, you know what bothers me about that is that when when I was a kid. Now I started off my comedy career early. Uh, I was I was maybe in shit first grade, second grade. I was in an after school program, and uh, a, a cop came to be like, "Hey, I I'm a cop, and this is what I do," and just kind of showing us some stuff. And <laughs> I'm in a question time, and uh, I raised my hand, being the the shithead that I was. <laughs> And he asked, he's like, he's like, does anybody know what police officers do? And I raised my hand <laughs> and I'm like, eat donuts. <laughs> the cop chuckled to himself. He did. He, he was like, Haha, no. <laughs> but the after school program lady was like horrified that I would show that much disrespect towards a police officer for making a joke. She called my parents. She yelled at me. 
Oh my, my god. I think my parents you ever, like yelled at you me. You ever a get bit. those times where like the teacher calls your parents because you did something like that really was pretty innocuous and your parents are like, What the fuck yeah. are you doing wasting our time? Yes. Oh, I don't I give that. a yeah. fuck. I don't that's the best. You're just sitting in the corner like all vindicated. Yeah, I had that at another after school program where my mom was like, You you do not yell at my child like this. Like I'm an educator. This is not the way to go. The one time the uh, the after the person who was yelling at me was uh, she was like in the process of losing her mother, so she was very distraught and she took oh, all that energy that out on me, and I was like, "Fuck!" All I did I was stick up the middle finger, sorta, at a kid. <laughs> between um, uh, ninth and tenth grade. Um, I had ADHD, so the school district was like, this kid's retarded. So I had an IEP <laughs> and all that. So we'd have to meet with teachers and um, my parents. And uh, freshman year was Algebra 1, and I did fine in that class. I had one quarter where I was like at an 80, but everything else was 90s. And so my teacher was like, I recommend extended al- or geometry for Kurt and my mom's like, no, you crazy bitch. He's going to take the regular geometry because he's doing fine in your class. Yeah, I remember I got like I got like a fucking 80 on a test one time. And then the teacher, he's like, are you all right, Peter? Is everything going okay?" I'm like, yeah, it's called I didn't do so well on the test. (laughs) I didn't study. Of course, I didn't Thanks. study for any of my tests in high school. <laughs> Thanks, college credit calculus teacher. It gets hard sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know the classes. answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember in the senior year in physics, like my teach, my uh, physics teacher was like, "Why didn't you do AP physics, Kurt?" I'm like, "Because uh, I didn't want to do another summer assignment." He's like, "There's no summer assignment for AP physics." Physics. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, uh, but would it have helped? I, no, because then I would have had to go straight to physics two at AU, and that would have been a nightmare. Fuck <laughs> that. I thought, yeah, I, I heard from my my one friend. He uh, he did it with calculus, where he did like AP physics calc one, and he moved right to calc two, going into uh, going into school, and like had no idea. He had to like retake Calc two. Yeah, because of yeah. it, it was it was like way too fast for him, and they didn't cover. It's I think it's a crapshoot, honestly. Taking certain AP courses, I mean, like ah, college credit will work. Well, history is a good one because yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. If, if you're if you're in a technical field, like it's not going to be in your major, so you just have that class you don't have to take. Yeah, exactly. Get it out of the way. I I took. I took no fucking liberal arts classes that I didn't want to in my entire career because I got them out of the fucking way in high school. Um, and there's no segue for this. Does anyone no. want to try and segue this? I mean, the reason we've been talking about anything but trailers for 15 minutes <laughs> is because we have one fucking trailer. And... Uh, to describe Enter the Fat Dragon is an exercise in... It's not an um, exercise in anything. Because he doesn't I mean, exercise. It's, 
I mean, he doesn't exercise, but this movie exercises your mind in ways that I feel you have to be a connoisseur of the the Bollywood genre to fully appreciate and understand. Um, Manic is a word that comes to mind to describe the cut of this trailer. Yeah, uh, so Enter the Fat Dragon is Enter the Dragon, but the guy is fat. Wow, Donnie Yen comes out in his biggest comedy role yet. <laughs> the fucking... I mean, it's it's it, the title is a parody of Enter the Dragon, but uh, the the plot of the movie does not correlate to Enter the Dragon. Yeah, it, I, I don't I didn't think know, I didn't know what the <laughs> plot is. The, the the trailer doesn't really do anything for, for in terms of a plot. It, more like it uh it's just like he saves he's saving a girl and fighting a lot of guys and he's fat well i i i, I did glean that he was a cop oh he's a cop Fuck um, that depth and uh well, well let me read to you the description of this trailer perhaps we can all together uh piece piece together uh some evaluation of this movie as Peter sucks down his water through his straw in his goblet. Um, new best action comedy movie from martial arts superstar Donnie Yen. A police officer's suspect suffers a mysterious death. Now he must team up with an undercover inspector and walk-wielding restaurant owner to solve a murder mystery. The title is a parody of Bruce Lee's classic, Enter the Dragon. And Jake has just shared us. Uh, a poster that uh, yes I, it doesn't I even kn- fit with what the trailer was actually in the trailer well I think this poster is a direct parody of the Enter the Dragon poster right oh, I see I think I saw another one that was a parody of like what's the one where Bruce Lee has the yellow tracksuit or is that just is that just Kill Bill no that was uh, one of them <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm not a connoisseur of old kung fu films. Sorry, guys. We just watched terrible ninja movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I think that was just something he wore often. I am sure it was in a movie. Perhaps. I'm not sure. But um, yeah. Just it's it's a lot of. I don't. I didn't see as much comedy, as much as kung fu, which makes sense because Donnie Yen is not a comedy guy. He's not a comedian. Um, no. There are a couple laughter parts. He doesn't have to be a comedian. The writers just have to be yeah. comedians. I wonder if there's like a world of like Asian Bollywood style movies. No, this is gonna. I'm not jumping into the Chinese cinema scene. Fuck that. Well, technically, India is in oh, Asia. Asia. Well, Therefore, all Bollywood movies are Asian. Are yeah. Asian, Chinese or Japanese? Uh, East Asian is. I think. I think that's the region, right? East Asia. I guess. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 
Uh, east well, of that the segment wall. petered like, out. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's nothing really. <laughs> out of, if, if this trailer was any good, we could at least discuss about it. Because, like, there's nothing to talk. He doesn't say anything. He says, he says like, one word, I think. Well, some guy yells, shit, and everyone goes, shh. <laughs> and that was kind of funny. Funny. Like, oh, damn. There's, there's nothing. Nothing. Well, you know, we can talk about uh, a lot of games. We can talk about we can talk about anything this is our fucking show guys we can do anything we want we can talk about the new magic announcement oh we could talk about magic a little bit which one is that the m21 spoilers that came out oh right yeah aren't you excited for a corset with a collector booster box that's actually if if uh the reprints announce are any semblance of like the type of reprints that they're doing i'm kind of happy with like mm-hmm. printing Grim Tutor, um, you know, I know it's it's only expensive because it's not available, not readily available. But uh, it's still nice to. Well, my question is, how much are the boost packs going to cost? I think uh, hopefully the regular. Oh, these amount. these are the regular ones. That, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I. <laughs> well, they don't have MSRP on them anymore, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm I'm happy to see these spoilers. Because, like, so around the time of Eldraine, like, Theros, oh, I guess Theros is in that. Like, around the time of Eldraine, I'm like, I don't understand magic anymore, guys. Like, they were printing adventures, and there was Oko out, and shit was just flying off the handle. I was like, all right, I'll try, but this is weird. Magic's weird right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they went to Theros. I was like, okay, cool. And, and then I recognize that I know what that is, <laughs> but there is like escape and they really didn't do enchantment stuff as much as I'd wanted. And there was Oro to follow up on Oko and things just kept going. I was like, all right, it's maybe a little maybe I'll feel it. And then they dropped Ikoria and I thought Ikoria was like a weird supplemental set. I didn't realize <laughs> it was an actual set for actual standard. Because they tied it in with the commander, the commander yeah. precons, yeah. which yeah. I think is dumb. I don't like that they're tying them into standard sets. So no, the one-two punch uh, of that with companions and all the fu- <laughs> and mut- mutate was fucking weird too. So, when I first read Mutate and like, cause like all I saw, cause everything with Akoria was like a big thing like that because like just everything hit at once. You had the Godzilla alternate arts and you had Mutate and you had Companion. I'm like, oh, these are pretty creative. Like, you know, make your own MTG card.com yeah. <laughs> submissions. And then Jake was like, no, these are real. I'm like, excuse you. <laughs> yeah. All the Godzilla stuff. And like, and, and the amount of like pulls are getting from collector's boxes. I don't know. It, it's weird because, uh, so I watch a lot of like Alpha investments and how many collector's boxes that he opens and every box is opening like all the, the alternate art ones. So it like almost feels like the alternate art is the main art. And now yeah. there's three different arts because of the Godzilla stuff. And it's like, you look at the actual card and you're like, what is this? Oh, this is the standard art for the card. There are some where it's oh. harder to find the non-foil regular version than is the foil. And I think the part that really broke me early on was when I looked, the, the first time they brought out that fucking chart 
that fucking what you want this type of card what kind of product do you need to buy and it wasn't like a two by three grid it was like a seven by seven <laughs> grid of product types and types of foil i was like how are the this is a Yu-Gi-Oh? how are there seven different types of foil there aren't even seven different types of foil in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. jesus and they're just all different rarities like, yeah. it's not yeah. crazy it's pretty easy to follow. Um, and their foiling, oh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! foiling is a lot better because I don't have really any uh, curled cards. Which is So the, my collector's box, which was the first print run, um, has no curling yet. Uh, and none of my cards came out curled from the commander uh, cards that I got. So I bought all the C20 cards. And I just sleeved them the other night. And just going through them, it, it really didn't feel like a like a C20 full product, like commander full product, because, uh, and I think the professor touched on this, is that it's all from Ikoria. So it's all like the same style, the same universe. And, you know, the nice thing about normal commander products is like they're supposed to be from different planes and different uh, tribal things. And this all just kind of felt similar. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. now... Core 21's back. I think, yeah, Core 21's back on the heels of all this shit. Like, remember when it was two sets a year and then maybe one or two supplemental products Uh, and not like every fucking week there's a new secret layer that you gotta buy? And we're not done yet. We still have Commander Legends, which is gonna be the more, uh, uh, I think, appealing to us coming out. We'll we'll see. And of course, Double Master. Double Master's floating around this whole thing. (laughs) Double Master. They're gonna print commander legends is going to be priced like double masters and they're going to print like five or six two fucking push commanders that are going to ruin the format and they're going to put print a bunch of other cards that are designed with commander in mind that are going to push the power level of the format further and further it's so weird because double masters seems like it's a commander set because the cards that they've announced are like really popular commander cards yeah well, Commander's a really popular format. Well, this yeah. this is also like the year of Commander. It's like yeah. the year of Luigi, except less well thought out. <laughs> well, they didn't do much with the year of Luigi. They just like gave you a new skin for Gal- Mario Galaxy 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. They skinned it Luigi, and then they released a new Luigi's Mansion game. That was pretty much it. But yeah, like Commander... I feel like old man yells at cloud here, but like it's getting, I think it's getting a little too popular for its own good. And as, as it gets more popular, wizards gets more involved. And as wizards gets more involved, it strays further and further from what it used to be. You want this? You want this? We're changing commander to, you have to pay three mana to put in your hand first. Commanders are too powerful. Companion. No, honestly, no, I hate that joke. rule change <laughs> <laughs> at this point in time with how pushed some of these commanders are. Yeah. Jesus. Like, there's, I feel if it keeps going the way it goes and they finish out commander year with some, just some broken shit, I'm wondering if there's a, we could, we could be the forerunners on this. We could just start the, the trend to just go back to Elder Dragon Highlander where your commander is. The Elder Dragon, yeah. Yes. Has to be the Elder Dragon. Nice. I mean, at this point in time, like, there's no reason... Like, the meta for commanders, like, just run any of the ridiculously broken Soltai commanders they've printed in the last three years because that color combination can do literally everything. And the commanders are just their own engines. 
Yeah. Uh, card draw Round meets refresh. card draw, and then you have some more card draw. And and kill spells and ramp. Yeah. And search your yeah, deck for fucking, anything. Set yourself fucking up. Rampant magic. I swear to God. Like, I get that you want Timmy's in your game, wizards, but not everything has to ramp. We don't need fucking Oro and Azusa and fucking gross, elementals. Yeah, and gross spiral and all that shit. Hopefully... I, I'm interested to see how the this next standard turns out with uh, uh, everything rotating out because a lot of stuff that like helped with that is rotating out now. But and fires of invention is finally banned. Thank Christ. Yeah. So yep. I don't play standard, but I might. Like, how I, bad I is the economy it. on Magic Arena if you're free to play? The economy. I mean. Like, is it possible to put together a decent red deck wins oh, without, yeah. like, having to sell myself to Magic Arena? Yeah, you you don't have to. I haven't put any money into it. And, I mean, I don't have that kind of cards, but, uh, you know, you get packs. And, and I think they did a really good job with the way they did their um, uh, the wild cards, where if you get a wild card like Mythic, it's essentially any Mythic card that you want you can exchange for. And I think they added in a while ago the feature to uh, use a wild card on cards you don't even own yet so you can unlock them easier uh, instead of having to pull them from packs and make it all random. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perhaps. They do like daily Perhaps challenges. excellent adventures can, can experiment with arena standard. Yeah, and, and the way they um, uh, like challenge, put you up against another person is by... Uh, uh, I think they do like the amount of rares that you have, rares and mythics, and then they set you up with somebody who has about the same. Interesting. All right. Well, maybe I should. I actually have never played arena. <laughs> it's it's surprisingly fun. I and the the oh. the, the, the interface is so fluid and uh, intuitive. It's well, pretty it should nice. be. It's a yeah. modern fucking digital card game platform. Well, I mean. In fairness, like Duels of the Planeswalkers had a very fluid interface going back to like 2011. Mm. They just never bothered to do anything with Magic Online since yeah. 2002. And I think they're going to do a lot more stuff with it just because, like, they're able to put in cards relatively easily. Like, they have like weekends or like random events where they'll bring in cards from all over uh, just for that weekend. And uh, and 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 then take it out. So, if they're able to allocate resources to just do something for a couple days, um, I don't see when why they couldn't put like all of modern into uh, into MTG Arena. Oh, it's not that they can't. <laughs> well, it's it's, <laughs> it's how expensive it like, would it be worth it? And I think I think it totally would be worth it. And uh, I I don't think they would have a problem with it. I think the one problem that will get in is you'll have a lot of people demanding some sort of reciprocity from their Magic Online collections. Ah, uh, yeah. And that you get into a trickier area mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, but we'll put a pin in that and focus back to to movies, which is the traditionally the first half of the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll follow up on how some of these movies are doing. And, you know, IFC Films has lost its, uh, like, death grip on the box office. There are a couple of other film companies here 
Uh, including uh, Saban Films and We Summon the Darkness, which is this week's spotlight picture. Uh, we talked about this before. It's the Johnny Knoxville uh, Satan worshiping oh, yeah. cult one. Um, anything from Saban Films is just going to be uh, delightfully awful. So, of course, we're going <laughs> to take a look at it. Uh, we Summon the Darkness currently has a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, Perfect. Perfect. It's, uh, it's just chilling there. And let me tell you why. Um, Baby Cakes, 45269. Nice. Um, <laughs> says that it's the best movie ever. 10 out of 10. Like, oh my God, I totally loved it. I didn't have high hopes, but I gave it a try as I love Johnny Knoxville and Alexandra Duraggio, but it surprised me. Took me back to the 80s a little with the music, too. It's a classic stay up late on a Friday night kind of movie. I won't give away any spoilers. Just please give it a try. You won't regret it. Nine out of 37 found that helpful. <laughs> that is a low percentage. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let me tell you, there's a hundred percent of people who found this helpful. It's a hundred percent rating. It's one out of ten. And Nerpin says bad attempt at eighties movie. Bad script. The writer obviously didn't experience any of his favorite years in the eighties and should have done more research. I know it's expensive to make period movies. Ew. But maybe they could have tried a little harder at least the wardrobe. End of sentence. Someone's going to make that. <laughs> Low rise. Blumhouse hit us up. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I lost my... Low rise pants were not an 80s thing. If it wasn't stated in the beginning, no one would have known it was supposed to be the 1980s. The movie seemed to have potential, but quickly lost it. The continuity was horrible, along with stupid decisions and actions by all the characters, with lots of holes in the story. How many times can it be pro proffered to call the preferred? I want to put yep. proffered to call the police before someone actually does just that. Apparently, in this movie, infinity. <laughs> the story overall was stupid, and although people have said there, there was a twist, it, it was so obvious it really didn't feel like it. Been done previously and much better. Overall, stupid story, stupid characters, and stupid situations, and just plain stupid. There were so many holes in the film, call it Swiss cheese, it left you with questions about some really basic overlooked items, but luckily the film was so stupid, it only took a few minutes to get over it and realize... Who cares? One out of one found that helpful. Wow. Wow. Wow, that was scathing. <laughs> it did ripped not, it apart. They called it stupid. It ripped in tour. <laughs> I, I like how he's the only like detail how it's obviously not in the eighties he gives is high rise pants. Yeah. <laughs> he was really upset about uh, the high rise uh, pants. <laughs> I grew up in the eighties. Never owned high rise pants. <laughs> He looks at his wall longingly with his pair of high-rise pants. I mean, I don't know if they, like... I mean, just looking at the trailer, you can kind of tell it's, like, kind of older because of the the, the box of ding-dongs and the box of Twinkies. It's got the old Twinkie guy with a lasso and shit. 
So. Twinkers. A hostess yeah. still existed. Yeah. <laughs> Twinkles. Yeah. All right, Peter. Give uh, us, give so us some levity. Amy Rock, 5 out of 10. She's taking a different tack. Uh, why has nobody complained about Blondie's eyebrows? Was all right. Entertaining. Had a twist. Alexander's acting was good. Rest was okay. Johnny is Johnny. Never disappoints. But Blondie's eyebrows were darker than the movie and thicker than the plot, just saying. <laughs> 13 out of 15, 25 found this helpful. 50% that helpful. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Uh, awesome XXX girl. Love it. With three exclamation points. It's a 9 out of 10. Uh, zero out of four found it helpful. Warning spoilers. I love with four E's movies where it's a twist and a turn around that the girls are the psycho murderers instead of the guys. It was refreshing because I rare there's no punctuation. I rarely see that <laughs> much. I rarely see it much. Also, the acting was on point. Oh, first period. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that was a little cliche was the ending where the good guys win and the psychos lose. I don't know why I was kind of rooting for the girls to win because I'm super normal, but all in all, I love the movie. What? <laughs> Four exclamation points. She's super normal, Peter. She doesn't know why she'd root for the bad guys because she's super normal. Oh, boy. I kind of want to investigate other movies she's reviewed. See, see what, see what? movies um a super super normal person enjoys uh let's see we got sicket um charlie's angels the new one and the review is titled i don't get what all the hate is about <laughs> i think that informs everything i need to know about this woman <laughs> go on jake a lot of these are just really really short but i'm gonna give the spoiler one so warning spoilers I, nobody cares about this movie. Spoiling. Spoiling. Movie. One out of ten from Quen Chow. Another worst. Oh. The, another worst horror film? Uh, John, just another bad <laughs> horror film. Too many boring conversations. The killing scene. Also, not intense at all. Not recommended. That's a title. That's the title. <laughs> That's the title? <laughs> another worst horror film. Too many boring conversations. The killing scene was also not, not recommended. <laughs> the film start with three girls, Alexis, Vale, and Beverly, all in parentheses, talking in the car. That shouldn't be in parentheses. Talking in the car. They stop at the gas station, and they meet three guys, Mark, Kova Kovacs, and Ivan, at a music show scene. Exclamation mark. As turnout, this film is about Alexis's father, Parentheses, John. Set up a cult organization to cheat the members' money. And Alexis set up a cult game to kill Mark Kovacs and Ivan after poisoning them. Entire film full of boring conversation. The killing scene also simply stabbing. Simply hitting. Simply shooting. Make the film unwatchable. <laughs> Barely intense scene is Alexis accidentally tripping and they fell off the window. At the end, Ivan 
and Kovacs died. Beverly changed side and saving Mark out from the misery. Alexis survived from the tripping. Mark and Beverly eventually kill her by running her over with a car. This scene is even not show to us. Even what? That's it! <laughs> Another disappointed horror film. How many people found that helpful? One out of three. Okay. I don't think it spoiled anything for me. I, yeah, I don't know what anything. I, yeah, I'm as I'm more confused perhaps about what happened in this movie now than I was before. Uh, I <laughs> the think punctuation uh, was all over the place. <laughs> uh, 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 my, I got I got one that's a little more a little more succinct, a little more there. Uh, shout out, quick shout out to Nicola Seventeen for their. Uh, let's count them one, two, three, four, five paragraph review uh, with the title. It's a good film, but I wish this film could have been a better movie. <laughs> we're not going to read that one. Um, instead, we're going to read Saptesh uh, 786's uh, four out of ten review. Three girls captured three boys, exclamation point. Uh, three girls went to music concert where they catched three guys and bought them to a big house, then started satanic riots killing. This is story in short. All plot is predictable and somewhere unrealistic, like how a dead guy can live again. <laughs> Alexandra is perfect in her satanic girls role. Other casting is also perfect. One time watchable with a little diff- little bit different plot. One out of two found this helpful. There you have it. <laughs> we summon the darkness your second place movie bringing in a whopping twenty six thousand dollars in six theaters uh the wretched uh still holding on to that top spot we have hundred and seventy five thousand dollars and now it's in 75 theaters strike that movie about the mole that we had that great review where the guy praised it after watching only a third of the movie uh, <laughs> is right. back in the box office uh, made $1,000 in one theater. Movie Circles, uh, about a Hurricane Katrina survivor, works to keep black teenagers in school in Oakland, California. But after his 15-year-old son gets arrested for a crime he didn't commit, his personal and professional worlds collide in a dramatic and profound way. Uh, that made $865. Oh, good. Um, less Less than 10 people went to that theater. Max Winslow in the House of Secrets. Uh, I wanted to look at this one because it opened this week, but there was only three IMDb reviews. <laughs> oh, my God. And only five reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it made $425, so all eight of those people uh, <laughs> went to see it this week. Um, the trip to Greece falls catastrophically. <laughs> down to only having to sixth place $258 and three theaters. That's an $86 per theater take. Wow. Uh, Wowzers. How to Build a Girl, $131 in three theaters, $43 per theater take. Oh, my God. True History of the Kelly Gang rounds out the top eight uh in eighth place, forty-one dollars in one theater. 
<laughs> one person. <laughs> Two, three people. Maybe three what? people. That's so funny. Jeez. It's just kind of sad looking at the box office. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, See if any of them open up. Yeah, well, I mean, AMC has said, again, a little bit of movie news here. AMC, uh, their parent company, has said that they are uncertain if they will be able to reopen after the pandemic because of wow. all the all the money they've lost. Um, yeah, they had to take out an extra $500 million in debt just to float through the uh, shutdown. And uh, they're not certain that they're going to be able to do enough business once they can reopen that they'll be able to stay afloat. And that is America's largest theater chain. Yeah. So if they go under, <laughs> that's not great news for the movie theater industry. Fuck. I, I don't know what they're going to have to do. I mean, I don't know how you entice people to come to your movie theaters more. Um, I mean, they've tried it with their subscription service. Um at the end of the day, you just need, like, good movies to come out, and that's yeah. not something that they really have control over. And on top of that, I mean, we're, we're not... Ha we're, there's probably going to be a period of time where there's not going to be a whole lot of movies coming out because the production period that happened during the coronavirus um, just halted. I see. So I got you. Uh, I think we haven't hit that yet, but, like, there's probably a lot of stuff that was in, like, post-production and is going to be coming out... Mm, I th and I think summer we're already fall. there. Probably. I know. Um, I know. Like Red Letter Media on their latest review, they were they start off with a little skit about all the fucking movies that were canceled. Yeah. So like Wonder Woman, Black Widow, Mulan, more basically everything that was like coming soon. Yeah. That stuff was still getting made at that time. Well, all so that's, that's all been fucking canceled. Well, no, that stuff was done. Like. If it was scheduled for a release, like, in summer, it was pretty much done. Yeah, they're just um, doing probably post-production stuff. They're just, on. they're pushing it out. I don't even know if, you know, they haven't even finished post-production yet. I figure that stuff's, you know, done a couple, at least a couple months in advance of the release of the movie. So that's just all being pushed back. But yeah, to Jake's point, like, anything that was in pre-production or about to start shooting when the pandemic hit, that shit's been delayed indefinitely who knows if they'll ever yeah. come back to it yeah yeah because some because that, that makes me how fragile some like productions like i assume are like i'm, I'm sure some of them could just scrap it if they're in pre-production too mm -hmm. and they're just like we we don't have money to to start this yeah. up again. like like terry gilliam's don quixote movie which like fucking it had the worst luck of any production it got like mm. it took him like a decade or something to make just because it kept getting pushed off like shit just kept going wrong with the production yeah like lead actors dying and shit oh, yeah. yeah so i was like i just thought about it. i'm like well i'm glad they got that fucking movie out when they did yeah um we've got a gaming news story from the bbc uh, gaming hero Big retires at, retires at 23 <laughs> due to ill health. Uh, China's most famous esports players, Zhang Zhao, has officially retired from gaming at 23, citing ill health. He has been a professional gamer since 2012, playing League of Legends under the name Uzi. His decision to quit 
was announced on Chinese social media site Weibo, Ooh. where he has 5 million followers. Gaming addiction is seen as a big problem in China, and the government often links it to ill health in children. In November, it imposed a curfew on online gaming for under 18-year-olds, banning them from playing between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. What the fuck? I mean, I thought I thought you said for a second, Kurt, there that it causes ill health and children. No, it certainly doesn't cause children. No, (laughs) the opposite of that is true. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 how you get why Japan wake up situation it's in. Giant, just that's how you get the people to revolt. Be like, don't be like China. They're putting a fucking gamer curfew on. Gamer curfew, dude. Yeah. Imagine being taken that seriously. Like I'm still, I'm still in the getting perceived as the the sweaty mouth breather. I mean, I mean, I am a sweaty mouth breather, but like, (laughs) I am so. I don't want people to see me that way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't want people to think that I'm that way. (laughs) I may look the part, but. I mean, I might be, but God. <laughs> but they're still like, yo, you're watching them play? Why don't you just play yourself, nerd? And then they turn on the football game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck them. It's a little bit different because, you know, nope. most people can play the video game. Fewer people can play in the NFL. I can't play that good. I can go kick around a soccer ball like uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldinho. 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 Ronaldinho Sucker. It's it's funnier. I think that I, I was a little disappointed in those videos. They were funnier. I imagined them funnier than they ended up being, but they were pretty funny. Had to watch it with, with fresh eyes. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition eat, Need for Speed. I almost said Eat for Need. Um, <laughs> wait, is that one game? Dragon Age Inquisition Need for Speed? No. Is that the uh, new one? <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition. I would fucking love that. That would be Dragon. cool. That'd be an interesting turn for Dragon Age 4. I would. Dragons in cars. Would it, would it be like a racing game set in the Dragon Age universe? That'd be or awful. Would it be Dragon Age <laughs> set in the modern day with cars? I think it'd just be like modern a Dragon Age cars. Grand Theft Auto hybrid. Hell yeah. With cars. Of course. Um, <laughs> Need for Speed and more EA games are now on Steam and on sale. So you can pick up Dragon Age 2 for $10. That's a terrible deal. You could not pay me to play Dragon Age 2 again. Uh, Crisis 3 for $10. Need for Speed Heat for $28. Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, $20. Need for Speed Rivals, $10. Need for Speed, $10. Unravel, $10. Unravel 2, $10. Sea of Solitude, $10. Fee, or perhaps it's Iron, um, $10. (laughs) Dragon Age Inquisition, $20. Uh, That's a game I played once and have no desire to play again. Um, Mirror Age Catalyst, $10. And Burnout Paradise Remastered, $5. I mean, Dragon Age Inquisition wasn't bad, but, like, I had no... It's kind of like... I mean, Mass Effect Andromeda was bad, but they're kind of the same thing where, like, the story wasn't 
interesting enough for me to really want to play them again and they all their side quests were like single player mmo sort of things and i'm like i know no i was specific i think i was more specifically referring to the sly birds you flipped oh right (laughs) i appreciate that um so a lot of shit has been pushed back due to current events um so the pc gaming show which was scheduled for last week has been pushed back to june 13th sony has indefinitely indefinitely delayed their playstation 5 event where they were to announce the future of gaming gaming gaming, Ah. and uh cyber i actually i think that's just the name of the uh the show but i like to throw that dig in there um, and Cyberpunk 2077's Night City Wire live stream has been pre- postponed uh, from <sighs> it's scheduled June 11th to June 25th. So that's the last thing Cyberpunk needs more delays. Well, I mean, like the release is still on track for December, just hmm. this particular live stream. Gotcha. gotcha, gotcha. Or September, not December. Um, playable trailer, PT playable teaser for the canceled silent hills game has been recreated in vr with half-life alex's mod tools so the brave amongst you can play one of the most psychological uh horror master classes um in vr that sounds fucking terrifying uh that's that's gonna be a no for me but i really want to play that i wish i had vr but I don't, uh, I don't want to pay a thousand dollars for a video neither game. Neither do I. Uh, what's it? The Oculus Quest, I think, is only two fifty, maybe three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's something you can like build up over time, like get different peripherals. I don't the know. At one point, and then oh, sorry, the Oculus Quest is five hundred thirty-eight. Oh wait, I'm sorry. There's a four hundred dollar one. There we go. But still, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. And the Oculus Quest is like a low end VR yeah. headset. Yeah, they need to. This price needs to go down. Price needs to come down before you're going to have uh, wide scale sure. adoption. Yeah. Um. Oh. Uh. The one thing we did see was we got a uh, the official trailer for uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Isle Armor and Crown Tundra expansion. Um, I I don't know why they're calling it an official trailer because they already had that thing before. But oh, that was a reveal trailer. Oh, that was a reveal trailer. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot we live in a fucking world of just trailer after trailer. Teaser to your teaser trailer to the reveal trailer. Yep. It's like oh yeah, it's a, it's a fucking train out. Show here. us your shit. We are we're all living on the train. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we see some new footage. Um, that would have been a great transition if I didn't have a game review. <laughs> That's right, baby. Uh, so yeah, it, it it looks it looks pretty decent. Uh, I'll probably get it. I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll complain about having to buy you know another thirty dollars worth of Pokemon game for the Pokemon game I already paid sixty dollars for, but I'll do you it. You know what? <laughs> I think you'll like it because it comes in two parts. So, like, you'll have time to run through, you know, your part one and, and do all that shit there. And then 
when part two comes along, it'll be like, ah, new stuff. And I don't, I think if you just you get both of them with the expansion, I believe, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can pay, I think you can buy them um, individually or uh, bundle them together. I don't know that there's a discount for bundling them, in which case I'd probably buy them individually. So I only have to pay $15. And then later on, I pay another $15 instead of 30 gotcha. up front for something that I'm not going to be able to use for a while. Well, I was under the impression it was an ex- it was like a pass. So you buy the pass, which unlocks the two expansions I for you. I think you can only pre-order the pass, but I believe when they come out, you'll be able to buy them individually. We'll see. Oh. Um, yeah. But I do have a game review. At long oh. last, you've been... You've been waiting with bated breath for me to finish this game, but I finally <gasps> did last week. It's over. It's done. I have completed The Witcher 3's main story, at least. <laughs> I have not touched the Heart of Stone or Blood and Wine expansions yet, but that will be later. I will take a break because I have pumped. Let's see. Let's, how, how many hours have I pumped into this? Um, <laughs> south of 100, right? It was well south of 100. Um, 64, 64 hours, uh, for one Nintendo 64 one playthrough. Um, that was, I didn't do like all the side quests or anything. I, they stayed mainly focused on the main story and still 64 hours. Um, now if you remember from way, way, way back, um, I, when I reviewed the Witcher two, I said, it's a good game. I liked the story. I liked the characters. I liked most of the gameplay, but there are a couple quality of life things that needed improvement, such as uh, objective marking and pathfinding. Uh, Both of those were addressed in big ways. Uh, Objectives are much more clearly marked on your mini on a mini map, which is a new feature. And there is a little dotted line that you can turn on or off. If you feel it breaks immersion that, you that will show you the path you have to take to reach your objective and the hidden doors i complained about in witcher 2 are easily revealed by just pulling the left trigger to activate your witcher senses and it'll be a big bright yellow outline of the door being like here's a fucking door and you're like great that's a door i'll go there (laughs) um the there is one the one complaint i have is that i don't know if there was just something with one of the graphics mods I had installed because I didn't notice it as much the couple times I played it on my uh, PC in my office and not in my living room. But it's really dark in some of the interior areas, which makes it really hard to kind of like look around for shit. Um, Even cranking the brightness all the way up, it's still quite dark. I don't know if that is... Again, an issue with one of the graphics mods I had installed or a uh, intentional design because there are there's a potion that lets you see in the dark. So I don't know if that was like, well, this is the justification for having this in here. Um, But the story. Fantastic, fantastic story. Characters are great. Uh, Really, really had me gripped. It built to a great. It it wasn't the climax. It wasn't the end anyway, but it was kind of like a climax. Uh, it built to a great... Uh, the Battle of Karamoran was one of the, the most exciting uh, parts of any video game I've played in quite some time. 
uh, the Did you just get to like run around like a battlefield. Well, yeah, it's like one of those like you get the you're like uh, so the plot of the the game is that Geralt is searching for Siri, who is like his, not really his daughter, but like you know he's her father figures. She's like a daughter to him, and she's right. being pursued by the Wild Hunt which is a series, uh, like an army of wraiths led by uh, elven generals um, that are hunting her down because she has the elder blood and can travel between worlds. And they want that power for their own nefarious purposes. So he's trying to get to her before the wild hunt does. um, And she's trying to find him. So they like all like miss each other a lot and eventually when you find her uh, or you find out where she is uh, you know it's like we're going to bring her back to Kara Morin which is the school uh, where they teach witchers or one of the schools where they you know make new witchers and stuff and it's like well this is the safe place we'll bring her back here and they're like well we're going to need a lot of allies if we're going to survive the fight against the wild hunt so you go in and you call in favors from all the friends that you've made along your way and you have this huge battle at Karamorn, and um, then there's there's still like another three or four hours of game, five or six hours of game after that, mm-hmm. and like in between the battle of Karamorn and like when you fight um, the final boss, kind of hits a bit of a lull. Like I feel like they could have paced that part of the gameplay better, um, but that's a minor complaint for what overall was a very engaging. Uh, story long but engaging like it's a long journey um but it is it's certainly not boring like it wasn't a chore to play uh for those 60 some odd hours um i think oh, they made a lot of quality life improvements to ui and inventory management which was always nice to see that's why i'm so excited about cd project uh cyberpunk 2077 because it's not just that CD Projekt Red's making another RPG in a setting that I feel is underexplored. It's that every game they've made has gotten progressively better. Like, they learn from what they've done, mm-hmm. and they apply it, and they make a better game. Like, Witcher 1 was good for its time, Witcher 2 was a lot better, Witcher 3 was a lot better, and I'm excited for what Cyberpunk 2077 is going to look like. Um... Uh, what else did I want to touch on? So yeah, it's a it's a very good game. I'd recommend playing it. And for me, I feel like they they really did the open world well because it's not like a Bethesda Elder Scrolls open world where it's like, you know, here, explore this open world. It's really the only thing we paid attention to at all because you have a really compelling central story that takes you around the open world and kind of like gets you the lay of the land. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I want to explore this and this and this and this. So I feel like this is going to be like, you know, how some people have that one Skyrim game that they have like a million hours on because they just never stop doing playing through that file. This game has the potential to be what Skyrim is to those people to me. Like just I'll, I'll have it and I'll revisit it every now and then just, you know, have fun exploring the open world. Definitely recommend it. Um, I didn't. I kind of took a break last week from playing games because I wanted, wanted The Witcher 3 deserved its own week for its review. 
Uh, so I'll have at l- I'll have probably at least two um, more next week. So, uh, yep, that's The Witcher Three. And uh, just as the Wild Hunt summons the frost, so too did the uh, climate scientists and Snowpiercer. <laughs> there it is. There we go. That CW seven. It. it It'll come C- on. We, I always knew the CW would be the downfall of humanity. It's really, you know, it, really it'll get obvious. You. That Arrowverse. Yeah. <laughs> Little did they know <laughs> CW stands for cold weather, so. <laughs> it got Cock it worked. Wobblers. Oh my god. Uh, so we watched Snowpiercer and holy shit. Um, I like the movie. movie. Um, uh, you have to make a couple of logical leaps. Uh, to accept the premise. Yeah. But I yes. found it enjoyable after doing that. I thought they did a, a decent job world, world building. And, uh, I mean, it uh, could have done with some... Uh, I know Daredevil didn't exist yet, but it could have done with some Daredevil-esque hallway fights. I didn't like the mm-hmm. fighting... No, I did not like well, the fighting. That's why I said all. that it, it, yeah. it could have done with some David Apple. I think, I think fights. my my biggest gripe with this movie was the fights, uh, and they they had really cool opportunities and like the the the, the night fight, like that could have been done a lot better. Uh, it did have some really cool scenes though, like when they open up that door and there's just a bunch of guys standing there with fucking hatchets. Well, was, I, yeah, I thought that one was pretty cool, especially when they turned out the lights and then they like were like, we need the fire here. And then they had like the fucking Olympic torch relay. Yeah. To, like, yeah. There were some I don't know. I think it was like the, the tonal changes were like just kind of weird. This was uh, well, that's, between that's like what's a jam packed really movie dark that's and then like was. doing yeah. something silly. Like you had the really dark, like dark as in holy shit, these people are being slaughtered by people with hatchets. Um, dark as in that sense, but then it changes to a weird thing when the the kids' classroom comes up, and it's just like one car is a, a classroom, and I was like, what? Well, "Didn't I expect mean, that." That was okay. dark in its own way because it's like yeah. really creepy brainwashing. So this is a Bong Jun Ho movie, and that's like yes. one of his trades trademarks is sudden and dramatic tonal shifts. Mm, yeah, well, yes. this um, for those of you who didn't make the connection, I didn't even make the connection, even though I was the one who suggested this movie. It was only at the end. I was like, wait a second. Uh, this was the guy who made Paris. I thought that's why you suggested oh. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgot. I'm just like, I kind of want to watch Snowpiercer and that was a good time for it. And then I saw the the Korean guy who was the the uh, security uh, advisor and he's the guy who's the father in the family of Parasite. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, wait, wait a fucking second here." And and Nam is like uh, his favorite actor. He's in every movie that he's ever done. Yeah, Um, so yeah, this movie is is jam packed. There's a lot of there's a lot of he he wanted to put a lot of things in this movie. Sure did. They only they all get a little bit of time, and I think that was my my. The one thing I, this film could have done was a little clearer direction, a little clearer vision, but I I understand why it's that way. It's just 
so much, so many ideas that he wanted to put in a lot of themes which don't all mesh together. And I think that's why it makes a really good TV show. Well, it or doesn't it would, make an <laughs> idea for a TV show. Oh, it was not. It didn't this, do well. No, because you know what they did with it? They turned it into a What'd detective procedural. Oh, God. What? No, no. The whole reason... Because they there's like themes of classism, environmentalism, uh, like sort of metaphysical cult stuff. Um, it's a dungeon crawler movie when we all and we all love those. Yeah, those are always well performing. Um, and it's a I don't know you you all have heard this. That's it's got a lot of visual references to like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's so, I guess, like, kind of. I, I, I walked in with that, like, that sort of meme in my head. I'm like, yeah, almost, yeah, cause I, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cause it starts, I can see that. The big, a big industrial guy, like an industrial guy who made a fantastical machine or environment with a mm-hmm. big fucking W stamped on it. And it's the story of a guy going from, from the raggedy part as, as led on by an old man who's bedridden. And he goes through all these fantastical lands to go meet the to to go and uh, inherit the the whole thing. He Aren't, inherits the in- until they blow it off. Are up. you saying that this is Charlie? Oh, yes, yes. There are some parallels. Jake's, Jake's come- he loses a lot of friends along the way. Yeah, a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the the lady, the the bitchy lady with the false teeth, is Slugworth. Some that that one's a, that one worse, <laughs> works a little worse. That one doesn't quite full stretch. Yeah. Um, Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, kids. Wow, Snowpiercer is. And instead uh, of a golden ticket, he gets a red letter. Yeah, he gets a red letter. Damn, dude. All right. It's in a bar. Of yeah, food. instead of instead of uh, chocolate bars, they're grasshoppers and crickets and whatnot, bugs, bug bars. Yep, he uh, he looked to see how the sausage was made. You don't do that. It make yep. I mean that makes uh, a little sense. That's why like they do some cool things with the world building. And you're like, yes, that makes sense on how you would have to survive in this sort of environment. But, like, the biggest thing is, like, how is the track maintained? Who built the track? Yeah, like, it you, goes oh. around the world. Why not just go around in a circle? Yeah. Well, uh, that was, they did explain or, or, that. Yeah, there was the little visual. He did want to go around he made world. it. It was originally, like, a luxury liner. And the, what was the name? Walton? Wal- Walter? Um, Mr. Wilton. Wimbledon? Wilford. 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 Yeah. Wilford. Wilford, he was like fucking. They're like, you're really paranoid and shit. Why'd you make this train to, to like survive an apocalypse? He's like, look who's laughing now, assholes. Yeah. Everybody with like bunkers. <laughs> Everybody who dumped their life savings into building a bunker under their house. Why didn't you just build a train? Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk about like what what sort of happens. All right. Spoiler alert. Sure. I mean, we already kind of spoiled a lot of shit. Hey, well, you know, it, nah, I don't need to. The movie's it's seven old. years old at this point. Get um, over it. Write us a dang email. I don't care. It's on. It's on Netflix. Um, it's so yeah. All right. the The plot is Curtis is uh, a man played by Chris Evans, and he is 
in the back of the train, the tail section of the train, which is the, the slums, essentially. And mm-hmm. uh, he and his his co-conspirators are planning a revolt. And very early on, they start this revolt, which, like, this is a two-hour-plus movie, two-hour, six minutes. And very early on, they start this revolt, and, like, it felt like the, the tunnel fight scene kind of felt like a climax. And so I'm like, oh, how... How far into this movie are we? And it's like, you know, a quarter of the way through. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's going to be interesting to see how they stretch this out. Hi, Hmm. little bun. So they, yeah, they start out, they're just fighting to to go past wherever, as far as they've ever gotten before, past the guards Mm -hmm. who, it's been 17 years, so their bullets, they've run out. And they're just there for show. They make a pretty, pretty big claim, like, off of uh, a throwaway line that you know, I I caught it right away, but I also kind of knew about this scene beforehand uh, when she calls the gun useless. Um, and I mean, they they make the leap of oh, she called them useless. They probably ran out of bullets, and then they're checking the little hole, and they apparently have eyesight out the wazoo. Well, they uh, he did a fucking that was a cool little scene where he's like puts the fucking gun up against his yeah. head and he pulls the trigger himself. Right. Yeah. And like this, the style of the way they shot things changed too. Like, it, it like very jumpy. Like, did, did you mm-hmm. catch that? Yeah. Like a lot of it was like fluid and like normal uh, cinematography, and then that tense moment he like kind of changed the style up a little bit, and. I mean, he just did that for dramatic tension, and and it. I think it worked. It definitely helped. And the cinematography I, was pretty good, so I, I like what they did. I, yep, I like how they. I, I guess my thing about the cinematography is I like how they gave uh, enough space in a train car. The whole movie takes place in train cars. Yeah, yeah. and they had to fucking film it with enough space for actors to to act out, while still making it feel like you're in a fucking box. Yeah. And you can have things like the. I think we wanted to talk about the uh, the battle scene, the fucking against like the the night guard. Yeah. So the fish guard they, or whatever the fuck it they was. They make very good progress. Uh, and they 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 make it past the car with uh, or sorry. Well, they they first have to wake up their security expert, which is uh, Nam right. and his daughter. Um, what was your name? I don't know. She's psychic for some reason or something. She's clairvoyant. That was Chris Evans. Believes she's clairvoyant. Uh, it's never really established what's going on there, uh, but she does seem to know what's behind the door uh, at all the times, which is, you know, convenient. Uh, and yeah. they they do they agree to help them in exchange for Kronal, which is this highly flammable industrial waste that has been used to get people high, but that's... Cue Chekhov's gun setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they every door they open, they get two lumps of chronal. That was the deal they worked out. So they, they make good progress until they go to meet where... The, the, it's the car before the water supply. And uh, mm-hmm. the old man who's advising Curtis is like... Uh, or Gillingly or what? Gil- Gilliam, Gilliam. Uh, is like, well, if we take the water supply, then we don't really have to go any further because then we have the negotiating power, which uh, yeah. is, you know, a setup for a reveal later in the movie. 
Yes. And so they get there and they open the door and then it's a bunch of dudes in black overcoats with hatchets and masks. And uh, they start passing around a fish to, like, get blood on their axe. I don't know what that was about. I thought some ritual I thought maybe the fish was, like, had poisonous blood or something. Maybe? No, if it was, he would have made that really clear. This I is, know. It's just... Like, the the director was not... He did not seem the kind of guy to me who would make the technical details, like the plot details of the movie, subtle. Like, yeah. he likes explaining that shit to people. Maybe. It's the thematic elements that are a little The only obtuse. reason I can see the fish being in the scene is because it has to be there to... Uh, make an True. action that happens <laughs> later in the scene work <laughs> if if that's the yeah. only reason for the fish i don't like it but maybe I, I maybe like there's flavor maybe there's something about um uh japanese or, or chinese people He's before korean. battle coding He's korean <laughs> well they didn't really explain where some of these people were from well, well the director's korean well yeah but most of the actors are American. That's true. Um, which was like it, it was it was actually a cool melting pot of um, like different actors and different. Uh, I'll just say accents, not necessarily Around nationalities. Uh, you know, because I think this that's what this thing was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a melting pot of just different people from uh, in different nations. Which is kind of interesting because even the train babies have their regional accents. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless they picked it up from their parents, but I doubt it. Because they probably would have picked it up from school, which would have been American. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they, yeah, I don't, they I don't do this Korean thing. fight scene. Oh. It's it's a big battle. They're all hacking and slashing. And then uh, officials come into the car to interrupt the battle with an announcement that it's almost Happy New Year time, and all the like hatchet wielding guys stop, and they start counting it down because apparently there's a bri- there's a bridge they cross that's marked as their New Year, and they start counting it down and they're like Happy New Year, and then like they have to cut through some ice and it almost derails the train a couple times. Like it seemed, this scene seemed like I mean I guess it's referenced in later scenes, but like I don't know why it had to happen. Uh, I don't know what the uh, ice bits were about necessarily, but the I, the uh, the New Year celebration comes up later in the movie. So here's my thinking on that. I think it was he sort of a best case solution, or not a best case, but like the best he could think of was. So they he wanted to do the pausing for the New Year because like every the sort of moment where they're forget that it's the New Year, we're all living on this train. Lay down shirt. your arms and like then, Snoopy and the Baron. Exactly. And then from there, I think they wanted to dig. He's like, he's like, while we're paused, let's let's like take a look at the train for a little bit. We'll go in a, a little bit into that and look outside there. Um, because Nam does he he looks down at the thing, which I didn't see it in the snow. Yeah, it was so I didn't I, realize I saw it was like a little shape of a plane. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. OK, yeah, sure. And I. I didn't realize the significance until later, obviously, but, but and uh, then that, that's pretty interesting. Another quick shift back to uh, Tilda Swinton uh, proclaiming yeah, that what? 74% of them are going to die. And then uh, Nam's like, there's a fucking tunnel after the bridge, you idiot. 
Uh, so it's a fucking long. So they one. put on night vision one. goggles. I don't know where they all the hatchet men pull the night vision goggles out of, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> hey, um, you know when when you load up your train, you got to make sure you have the essentials: your night vision goggles, your fish, your plentiful supply of hatchets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because you'll need those on the train. And it is worth noting in uh, in like East Coast Asian cultures like China and Japan and uh, I guess Korea, too. Like hatchets are were typically the weapon of the mafia yeah. and the in the gangs, much in the way that Tommy gun was the weapon of the American gangs. Yeah, I've seen enough Asian gangster films to know that there are hatchet men. Um, yep. Yeah, so they they do that, and then they turn out the lights, and so they're in darkness, and then the hatchet men start ripping through the ranks pretty effectively, and then uh, Curtis calls for uh, the torches. Uh, Why they waited so long, I don't know. They probably should have done that right away. Um, But then they have the little kid who stole the matches from uh, Nam light a Mm -hmm. torch. And they, he like, they do a fucking Olympic marathon, car to car, and then suddenly. Even the guy with no arm. He, yeah, even he, the guy with no arm, who, uh, he was disciplined earlier by having his arm frozen off and smashed. Which I like that. That part was cool. I uh, remember that. that from the trailer for the show. They did that in the trailer for the show. So I was, uh, and that trailer airs oh, a lot during Dynamite. <laughs> That was Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Holy shit. It is, yeah. She's uh, nothing if not uh, flexible. She has a fucking range. Uh, yeah, God the, um, oh, what's her face? Uh, Tanya was the manticore in Onward, and she was also Ma in Ma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Um, yeah, Kavia yeah. Spencer. Yeah, she's really good, too. I like her. So yeah, they uh, they they the torches come in, and suddenly, even though it was like a relay race, there's eighty some odd torchmen, and they bring light, and they start whacking people with fire. And uh, Curtis trips on the fish, so Chekhov's fish comes into play here. Uh, he falls down, and his little his little Irish buddy, uh, who we learn later that Chris Evans murdered his mother. That was. A Fucking that that twist was fucking dark. And that was a dark twist. turn. But to our point about accents is that he has an Irish accent that no one else on the train has. <laughs> that doesn't make much sense, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So he like body checks the hatchetman that's gonna get him, and then uh, to to further establish their their closeness. So it hurts all the more when he's killed in uh, the next car. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, but it makes uh, it makes so much sense when when he explained his relationship between the um, the kid uh, uh, Gilliam, and it, it was no, not Gilliam. I'm sorry. Um, um, Edgar, Edgar. Yeah. Um, when uh, when he explained his relationship with him, it made so much more sense because. They seem like friends in the beginning, and then he always was so standoffish and was like, why do you look up to me? Like, you shouldn't look up to me. Like, now's not the time. He's so, yeah, I'm he's no so uh, short with him. Uh, and, like, he just wants to get the job done. But uh, it makes a lot more sense why he would feel, like, constant guilt just being around him. I can't imagine. 
Yeah, that was a pretty powerful scene when he's like, you know what I hate most about myself is I know what people taste like. And I know that yeah, babies I, taste the best. I was like, oh, fucking, fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Chris Evans, good fucking job on on your portrayal. I, I really liked it. Even though he's a good actor. Uh, your name I've probably should have been a lot of Kurt stuff. with a K. And, you know. Yeah. I'm sure you were peeved about the spelling of Curtis. Uh, Kurt with a K. No, that's how you spell Curtis. Kurt is short for yes, Kurt. Yes, Kurt is long for I'm Kurt, correct. and Curtis is its own name. Kurt is Kurt for yeah. Curtis. It's it's not um, short for Curtis, it's long for Kurt. That'd be like if everyone went around calling you Paul, Peter, and you John, Jake. It's just a different name. But Much like the Jingleheimer Schmidt. Nah. Um, I'm going to so call anyways. you Curtis with a K from now on. It's not my name. <laughs> close enough alright so anyway <laughs> they move on to they grab old they lady grab, and they, they take they her hostage like downtime they take Tilda Swinton hostage and suit. they have they all have sushi again where she talks about the fucking balance of nature or whatever it's like alright I get you that's a theme I got it balance uh, yada, yada, yada. it's a closed <laughs> ecosystem it all has to be maintained in proper fish. balance but I like I like the absurdity that they were just fucking sitting eating sushi. Yeah, there were a lot of absurd scenes for sure. Yeah, uh, again, the tonal shift between hacking people up with hatchets and I a part of me wanted those scenes to be a little bit more gory, but now looking back on it, I was fine with the amount of like of violence that they showed because I think if they did more violence, it wouldn't fit well with the right. the rest of the movie. So I think the a toned down version of those scenes still uh, did enough to get an R rating, goofy. which is, I guess that was more for mm-hmm. language. I guess. Yeah. Cause I didn't feel like the yeah. violence was quite no. R rated. Blood splatter. It was more blood splatter than anything. Like you usually see yeah. like some pretty gruesome the, things. And I mean, the stuff. perfect example is that when they went to smash the guy's frozen arm, they cut away when they actually did the smashing. Where yeah. in like a movie that's R-rated for violence, like Jason in space, when he smashes the girl's head with the liquid nitrogen, they show that in gory detail. Chunks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I I really expected that, but I guess um, I didn't want to. So yeah, that, that's fine. You know, if you want to tone down your violence yeah. a little bit, that's okay. And so the next car is the uh, school, where we see some of the or they go through a few like the fruit car. All right, the, yeah, and the the butcher car so they're the 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 squad is seeing the wonders and opulence of the fucking train beyond anything they could ever imagine. yeah especially when they're so used to eating like protein blocks uh then they walk through this you know fruit and this world of pure imagination yeah. again willy wonka yeah um it's amazing then they make it to this car and we see some of like the indoctrination uh done with the children at the early age and um, then the Eggman comes with eggs. And they're like, I thought chickens were extinct. And as soon as they said that, I'm like, oh, they have bullets, don't they? <laughs> and he's like, there's yeah, a lot of things that, that people thought were extinct. And then the fucking teacher pulls a fucking Uzi out of her egg basket. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, that was oh. crazy. 
That, that was a scene that definitely took me by surprise. And they have a uh, the they have a firefight in front of these children. They have a... mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the egg, the fucking egg man. That's a weird dude. <laughs> he was just weird. Bald and He's like, like I think that was the accent. design. Uh, by design, yeah. And then what was the dude with the guy in the suit, like who wouldn't die? Like, what was his deal? I don't know. He was just. Some enforcer, yeah. I don't know. The, again, this is why I say this movie is like jam packed. They need to like every one of these could deserve its own like little fucking episode. Yeah, I feel like this um, would have been good as a mini series, not like a TV show, because I don't think you have enough to do multiple seasons. But like a, an for, eight oh, part mini series, I think it would have been uh, more appropriately suited to, like a Band of Brothers sort of deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, the uh, the pregnant school teacher gets shot in the yep, face. Sure does. They made sure to show um, you she was pregnant before she got killed. <laughs> it was great. And then they they kind of explain why the train does all the things it does. Who Walton is and what the Wilford, fuck's going yeah. on? Like the train. Yeah, Wilfred. Yeah, because I said Walton. Um, I misled you. <laughs> false prophet. Um. Yeah, so just about like, oh, it's 18 years, it goes around the world once a year, here's the things and stuff, and the who's the best. A lot of exposition. Uh, Yes. They continue on uh, through more fun cars and more firefights. I liked the firefight during the loop. I think it, they stretched the time a little bit because I think it wouldn't have been on that giant loop for that Mm -hmm. long, but... That was a fun little, like, what if they were, like, they were shooting each other through different cars? I mean, it was a cool visual, but number one, I thought that sequence lasted way too long. And number two, very little of consequence happened because they had to shoot, like, eight times to get through the glass, even. I did not like it. I was like, stop wasting bullets. I wanted to yell at my my phone. I was watching on it. Yeah, I was like, just move to the next fucking car. (laughs) Just don't even risk getting shot. Save your bullets again. Like, just go. Mm. Also, how can they see them? Guns don't have that much range. Ricochet's a thing. Yeah, Coriolis effect. The wind's blowing. Like, you mean to tell me he's got his sniper buddy there doing the calcs for him? (laughs) Yeah. I was (laughs) like, what the hell? I was surprised they were getting even that close. Um, I will say, I would have liked to have seen... Like, I mean, the real reason for that scene is that Nam sees a fucking snowflake come through the window. Yeah. Um, which sounds stupid until the ending. Um, but I would have liked it if he just shot. I I think maybe at one point it almost might have been this because it's in the pool room. It's in the like the chilly pool room. I would have liked if they shot it and the it was still like. I guess it plays against the themes of the movie in the ending. But if it was still so cold that just immediately the water started freezing and everything start the temperature started dropping like lickety fucking yeah. split. And then the two people in the pool would have just instantly frozen right mm. there and they had to get out of the yeah. car before every, everyone just died. Well, that would have added a sense of urgency so that it didn't go on so goddamn long. Yeah. <laughs> but then it goes against the yeah, fucking... The, the premise. Well, you know, when we get yeah. to the yeah. end. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll skip ahead a little bit to the end there. So, like, Edgar's been killed off. One-armed dude's been killed off. Uh, Tanya's been killed off. Pretty much everyone's dead at this point except for Nan, yeah, his daughter, see- and Curtis. And they're right in front of Wilford's car. And we Nam reveals his plan, that he's not a chronal junkie necessarily. He's been harvesting it so he could build a bomb to blow open the side of the train because he was involved with an Inuit woman 
who is heavily implied as his mother, his daughter's mother, uh, who led the revolt uh. of the seven. And when they made it off the train, you know, they all froze to death. She believed that we could survive outside. And he's like, he taught me all about the different kinds of snow. And there's a plane on the bridge. And before I could only see its tail. Now I could only, I can see more of the plane. The snow is melting. We have a chance. We can survive outside the train. And Curtis is like, you're fucking nuts, man. He's like, give me the fucking chronal. And he makes a bomb. And he, he goes to light it. Uh, but they have a, a conflict about that. They fight over it. And that's where Chris Evans talks about eating uh, people. Babies. And babies. Yeah. And then uh, he gets, they have another run in with uh, Suit Guy, who is finally dispatched. Uh, still, yeah, still alive after getting stabbed in the sti- side and stabbed in the chest. And strangled to death, presumably. Strangled to death, yeah. Guess that doesn't kill people yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Terminator. So out here. he opens the door um, and it's Ed Harris. <laughs> or I'm sorry, he's I mean, he he's uh, he's name is shot by Ed Harris's assistant, and then he's taken yeah. to the Claude. weird fucking measuring tape yeah. lady. Claude. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, we still don't know what happened to the kids at this point because uh, two children yeah, were been searching for were, them were taken, and that's why uh, Tanya went with them and the the one armed guy because they want to get their kids back, rightfully so. So we still don't know. As soon as that. I heard in the beginning, like I thought, now I thought Ed Harris was molesting. Children. I did too. He wants um, kids. Maybe <laughs> he likes kids. Well, the the like the <laughs> size requirement kind of like threw me off of that trail. I thought they were just generally sizing them I, up. I honestly, like a groomer does. Well, so at first I thought like, okay, maybe like the rich people in the front are doing like a play or something like that, and they need a certain costume to be like they have a costume for a certain size. Uh, and then when they were like. Oh yeah, Wilford likes kids. I was like, ooh, like. Yeah, that was a that was a red thoughts. herring. The real foreshadowing mm-hmm. is when they were in the protein block room, and he's like, "This used to happen automatically, but then parts went extinct, so now I have to do it manually." Oh. And then when they showed the kid in the hole, I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense." Before that, Ed Harris also, even explained it, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I get it." And there's also, like the motion yeah. that they do. Yeah, so they needed him to. They needed this child to replace a vital engine part. (laughs) Which I don't know what part that is, but okay. (laughs) Something. It's some waste offshoot thing. Something that like applies oil, I think, right? Or some lubricant applicator? I thought he pulled out like crap from the engine. That's what he was reaching in and grabbing gunk out. Something like that. Um, but either way, that was it. It's a fun little build up where he's like, "Oh sh, it's waking up." Yeah, and like, Ed oh, Harris God. explains, you know, again, balance, and that he was working with Gilliam to kind of like control the population. He's like, "We don't have time Twist. for natural selection, so we have to, you know, do it ourselves." And he's like, "I'm getting old. I'm getting ready to retire. I want you, Curtis, to take over my station on the train." And he's like, "No, this is fucking insane." And then they they bandy about it for a little longer. Uh, then the nightclub people come to attack Nam. I'm not really certain I, why that happened. Cause he's, well, because he was he was stealing their Kronal. Yeah, they were all high as shit on Kronal, and he was just pickpocketing I all of their shit. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're all like, "We want our drugs back, old man." Yeah, and they blow open 
they eventually blow open the uh, side of the train, which seemingly kills everyone except the child who was the engine part. Yeah. And her daughter. So these two children alone now are going to attempt to resettle and repopulate the planet. Well, hold on, hold. But it's okay because there's a polar yeah. bear. Not, not the two children. It was just, it was just like the girl and the 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 black I kid. Call her yeah, a child. she was, she was a minor. She was only seventeen. She's a child. Oh, yeah, seventeen. The seventeen-year-old girl and <laughs> and the the black kid, Timmy. Was that what his name was Timmy? It was Timmy or Jimmy? Yeah, Timmy. Yes. Timmy. And then what happened to the curly-headed oh, kid? Uh, he was at the school, I think. No, the, the guy who got... No, wait, he went He went to the fucking reactor. What was that? I think they were sacrificing kids. I don't know. They didn't explain that it's at the all. The eternal the end sort of happened. Yeah, they didn't explain that. I I, I, yeah, I couldn't, I don't have one for that. But yeah, they, this, this 17-year-old girl is going to, you know, have to wait a few years before the, the Timmy's old enough to impregnate her so they can repopulate the earth. That's exactly where my mind went. I'm like, you're gonna have to like wait till this kid is like 13 and then get knocked up so you can start repopulating the world. I'm I'm assuming there were more people who survived the the train. It did like I would hope so, but it really didn't seem like it. The way the fucking av- like an, the explosion sets off an avalanche that fucking just destroys the whole thing. Which I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Yeah, like, did the, the avalanche just happen, very, or did, was that caused Other by the than, like, flash? maybe vaguely a Buddhist, like, rebirth of the world sort of thing. But there was none of that. Again, like I said, this is jam-packed. Like, he just... Just shit goes in here. Like, there's themes that come in. Um, and it's all executed pretty well. It's, it has that indie sort of verve where they're just like, I'm just gonna do a thing. Here's this scene. Um... So I'm sad that they weren't able to really build on it in a TV show, or at least it didn't seem like that from the reviews. Yeah, well, I mean, they but, went a completely different direction with it. So the, I looked into this because I'm like, you know, I like this movie well enough. What's this TV show about? How's that doing? And I read a couple reviews of it. And so the premise is that there's a murder in the front car. And I guess there's one homicide detective on the entire train and he's a lower he's a tail car passenger so they go to him to to get him to investigate and it's it's a it's a police procedural on the train you have this very interesting that world sucks. and you 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 went i won't even call it the safest bet like you just you just did the wrong thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah, I think I would say in the end I recommend this movie. Um, yeah, it's it's not a masterpiece. It. Know that they've put a lot of yeah. It was a wild like it's it is the jungle juice of indie movies. Like there's just so many scenes of like one thing or another that were just there and don't really connect to anything, but almost try and say their own thing. Like I remember when the the fucking violin guy comes and he starts playing and his his string breaks and they cut to that. It doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, that was the knowledge. blood. His thing said blood, and then he the string broke as he read that, and it cut him. Why exactly that oh. was relevant? Because I thought the blood really had more to do with 
the shooting that DJ. came on yeah. <laughs> seconds yeah. later. But um, yeah, as it, it's strange. Uh, so I, f- I found out what the, uh, the the thing at the end was for the little boy. So it actually, so in the end, when he reveals that Timmy has been you know, clearing gunk or whatever, doing that job that the engine part could do, uh, he Curtis stops that part from doing so he could right. save Timmy. Yeah. Uh, that mm-hmm. I think that thing in the front of the train was a failsafe, um, and the other little boy that they grabbed was um that was his job was when that front section of the train comes out he was supposed to willingly go into that section and then sacrifice himself so it doesn't matter what um the purpose of that was yeah it doesn't matter what it did it was the fact that even though he tried to save one kid another kid just still is going to kill himself for the uh the the purpose of the train yeah and he sacrificed his arm futile to save timmy yeah which really didn't matter because they all fucking died seconds later yeah but he became a leader that's how can you be a good leader if you have two arms (laughs) which i also didn't understand until the big exposition dump uh from curtis and i was like damn that's pretty deep yeah so, so yeah, a lot of themes, a lot of messages. It's not by no means a masterpiece. I think it's kind of the same situation that we were in with Parasite. You know, it's not a masterpiece. It's not going to like change your perception of movies, but it's a it's a fine way to spend a couple hours. Um, there are certainly worse movies you can watch on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're if it sounds interesting to you, check out Snowpiercer. Uh, also, check out the stream tonight. We will be live on, hopefully, Twitch and Mixer. We'll see if Restream wants to cooperate tonight or not. Um, and uh, we'll be streaming Mass Effect 2. We will also be streaming it on Sunday. Uh, there was no Friday stream tonight because I don't think we're going to need it. We should still finish the game in uh, probably next weekend, I would imagine, um, unless we run into something unexpected. Because uh, we we streamed a good twelve hours um, Memorial Day week, yeah. so nice. we made good progress in the game. Let's we'll we'll put it at that. Um, you can check out all the channels that we have going on on SaturnStuds.com. It's the place to go for that. Uh, I don't know how many of you noticed this, but there was a brief moment in time where our Avengers Endgame app. Ep- episode was unavailable because disney had uh gotten it taken down off of archive.org but uh i wrote a strongly worded letter pointing out that disney don't own shit of that and uh it's back up now so it's all us we won we beat disney we beat disney in a legal dispute that is something few entities can say um So, yeah, until next time, be well, stay safe, kick Disney's ass, and party like it's 1995. (laughs) Peace. Bye-bye.